Welcome to Leveling Up, where you'll learn from leading experts in talent development and explore how leaders in some of the world's most successful businesses approach employee development, manager training, and more. Please subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts so you never miss an episode. You can also listen on our website at levelingup.co. Today we have Victoria, and Victoria is a Bay Area leadership coach and organization consultant, and she specializes in creating supercharged teams. So Victoria, tell us a little bit more about you and uh, what we talked about today. Yeah, great. Thanks so much, Chelsea. First of all, thank you so much for having me. I love Marlowe and I'm really excited to be here. Um, as you said, I'm an organization development consultant and leadership coach, uh, and my focus is really on team performance. Um, my mission is to help leaders unlock uh, the hidden potential within their teams. I work at the organization level, at the team level, and with individual leaders, primarily here in the Bay Area. And my work is centered around this framework of six principles that we're going to talk about today. Awesome. So, you know, the first question, I love the word supercharge your team. Tell us a little more. What does it mean to be supercharged? Well, I think when we talk about supercharging a team, we're really talking about uh, having our teams fulfill the, 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 um, the full potential of what teams are meant to do, being more than the sum of our parts. When we talk about supercharged teams, we're really taking um, each of us as individuals and bringing our superpowers together, not as individuals, but as one collective whole, and really being able to um, achieve much more than we would be able to if we were just in individual silos. Um, The truth of the matter is is that, as we can all uh, probably relate to, Many of our teams are not fulfilling this promise. We're, we're on teams where there's miscommunication or, um, you know, wires are getting crossed. Um, and we're spending a lot of time managing the dynamics of the team as opposed to getting our work done. Um, so that's what we mean when we talk about supercharged teams, really delving into creating a, an entity that's more than the sum of our parts. Awesome. I love that. Unlocking the potential of our our team as a whole. That's super cool. Um, We talked some, you work as a coach, you work with organizations, you work with leaders. Where did these principles come from? What inspired you? Well, these principles really, I I stumbled upon them uh, early in my career. I was asked to lead um, a a team that was, I I was hired to uh, lead this team that was really distressed. They were great people as individuals, but not hitting their revenue targets, really poor customer scores, and really low um, morale and engagement. And um, yeah, to the point where when the the hiring manager hired me, she said, okay, I want to offer you the job. But before you say yes, I really want to tell you everything that's wrong with this team. And it was, it was awful. It was horrible. And I, I took it as a challenge because I knew that these were great people and I wanted to create um, an environment where these people could really operate at their full potential. So I got myself a coach and I read everything I could and I just experimented and I tried things. And within a very short period of time, um, starting with trust, which is the the first principle of my framework, really starting with trust, we started to to make transformation and um, the results were staggering. Not only did it did this work that we were doing together create a healthier place to work and morale improved and people became excited about coming in and and doing their jobs. It was having um, 
tremendous business impact as well. Within the first year, our annual revenue of my department was up um, 38%. And with, yeah, and within three years, it was up 88%. So you can translate this that was, we, we were lucky. We were revenue generating departments. We had a direct line um, into the financial performance of our team. But you can imagine, does your team have, your team might have 88% more to give um, just by being a little bit more intentional about how you're leading. Yeah. So interesting. I, I love that you started with trust. I think often we think about performance not being exactly where we want it to be. We might dive into some direct things that might correlate to performance, such as technical training or, you know, motivating through sometimes punishment or motivating through like compensation or <laughs> what are right. levers that I can quickly pull that are easy. That's right. Can you talk more about how you came to start with trust and what trust means to you? Sure. I mean, trust is really the foundation for a variety of reasons, but one of the things that we're trying to do when we supercharge our teams is create the context for learning, um, create a safe space for learning, create um, create the context where learning can be the objective. And so when you make that shift in your mind around learning, it you as a leader kind of approach things differently. You approach things with a sense of curiosity. You approach things with a sense of partnership. And, um, and so I, this team that I was led, you know, hired to, um, to lead myself, there was just a tremendous amount of mistrust, mistrust of leadership, mistrust of each other. And so that was really where I started. And I went really on a listening tour, like what's working for you as a team member And I honestly wanted to know what's not working for you as a team member. And as we started to have those conversations, things really started opening up. So in the, in the framework that I use, the first principle of trust is really, um, really consists of two components, actually Mm -hmm. it's trustworthiness. So what you see is what you get. I'm authentic. I'm transparent. I don't have a hidden agenda. Mm-hmm. But there's a second component, which, um, are you familiar with the term psychological safety? Are you using oh, that yeah. in your work? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's a big component of trust as well. And that's work that was done by a scholar um, named Amy Edmondson. She's really the pioneer of the psychological safety work. And it got a lot of press about four years ago when um, the New York Times published this incredible article. I urge everybody, maybe we can um, post a link t- to it with... Um, with this work, the um, the New York Times article is this incredible expose around this research that Google did around how to create the best teams. And what, what they found was, it's a whole long story, it's a great article, you should go and read it, but the bottom line is psychological safety was the number one um, antecedent to anything that a great team was doing. Mm-hmm. How, when you, you noticed that there wasn't trust there through this listening tour, right? Yeah. Um, when they were responding to you while you were talking, I think a challenge we can have as leaders when you ask what's wrong, A, you're getting constructive feedback that might be pretty direct and, and candid. And B, we sometimes try to fix it in the moment. So, oh, right. I'm so sorry to hear that. But, you know, if you approach it this way, it might work better next time, right? Totally. And I love kind of, that you brought that up. Yeah. So how did you respond to this? And how did you see this is a longer form trustworthiness problem and I need to build that, that safety and I need to really build a relationship and not just fix all these problems immediately. 
Right, right. Well, what I didn't do was sit down with each individual and say, gosh, there's really a lack of trust here. Let, how can we build trust? I, I, I didn't approach it that way. Mm-hmm. I really used as a model, there's a great um, book that, are, are you familiar with um, uh, First 90 Days? Which is yes, a, really. a, I love that book. And I read that book cover to cover when I first started. And one of the things I used, I loved his, um, his interview technique where you take, you develop five questions and you ask everyone on your team the same five questions. And then you look to see what, um, you know, how people are responding. And it's everything from, you know, what's working well, what's not, what do you enjoy doing? You know, it's individual questions, it's team questions. And then what I did is I came back to the group. I said, gosh, I've met with each and every one of you. I love being here. I love being part of this team, our first team second team meeting, I guess, I came back and I said, listen, I've been meeting with each of you. Here's what's surfaced. What do you guys think? And then we had a conversation as a group. So just through behavior, I was demonstrating that I'm not, yes, I'm having individual conversations and yes, confidence can be shared, but those things that apply to all of the, all of us, I want to bring you in into a collective conversation about how we're going to, how we're going to make this a better place to work mm-hmm. and how it's going to work for you. So, so starting this tour with an intentional strategy, here's what the end goal will be in terms of how we discuss it in the meetings. And I'm actually going to come with thoughtful questions for each person. Um, so. Yeah. Yeah. And I would say the tips that I give when I'm um, with my coaching clients around building trust, it really comes down to four things. One, you've got to walk your talk. So if you're asking things of people, there's nothing that's going to ruin trust more than if you're contradicting the thing you're asking um, of your team. I was part of this very large organization early in my career, and they um, decided that they were going to reassert their cultural values. And, you know, their primary value was a speak up culture where it was going to be, you know, essential that people spoke up. I have to say, I tried it in one of the initial meetings with the VP. And I said, hey, I just, you know, I have a question. I, you know, and I got completely shot down. And Mm -hmm. I'll tell you that, um, you know, they were talking the talk of speak up, but there was, there wasn't really the appetite for it. So you've got to walk your talk. So that's one. Two, um, I always coach my clients, just be curious. We don't know all of the information. And so somebody may be underperforming or they may, you know, do something that you're not super excited about. And instead of making up stories and attaching a bunch of meaning to things, just be curious about what's going on. Mm-hmm. Um, the third from a team level perspective is I'm really excited about retrospectives. All too often, we pursue initiatives and we have um, activities that we're doing and we go through them and then we don't spend the time afterwards to have a retrospective. What worked well? What can we learn for next time? Um, what didn't go so great? How could we make this better as we move forward? So retrospectives. And then the fourth thing, and this is by far the most important, is Uh, and this gets very scary for leaders, but demonstrating a level of vulnerability yourself. We aren't perfect. We make mistakes. And so allowing yourself to trust your team enough to say, hey, this happened. I made a mistake. Um, That can build trust so quickly among a group of people. Yep, definitely. Yeah. I love that. It's it's interesting 
about this too. There's so much that you're putting in the hands of the leader, which can be nice, right? As a leader, knowing that you can have control over managing your team towards higher performance and there's steps that you can take personally. Um, you also mentioned leaders needing to shift their mindset, considering things from a learning perspective. In all of the principles together, how do you normally mm-hmm. talk about or think about the manager's role, the leader's role in this process? Right. Yeah, thank you. That's such a great question. So Gallup did uh, some research using data from, I think, about two and a half million or um, not organizations, but individuals across the world. And they found that the variance in team level engagement, 70% of that variance was due to the manager. So we as leaders and managers have a tremendous impact on how our people are showing up. Um, That's not to say that individuals can't use these six principles themselves and start to shift the climate of the organization, Mm -hmm. but it's going to have a far more, um, far more impact if the leader shows up and leads in a way um, that is um, trustworthy and sets a sense of purpose and, you know, following these other six principles. Yeah. And so as leaders were showing up, we're first considering trust and you have great tools to do that. What are some of the other principles that they should think through that you want to highlight for us today? Oh, thanks so much. Yeah. I mean, it, you know, using trust is the foundation. Um, The next principle that I work in working with my clients on is layering um, uh, a sense of purpose. So purpose is finding that um, essential meaning and the deeper meaning in, in why, why we're doing what we're doing as a team. And this is distinct from the, the mission and values of the organization at large, of course it can be related, but there can be a team level purpose that if you tap into it, it can um, just revolutionize how people are showing up at work. Um, research from Harvard, uh, they did a recent study that looked at half a million workers in the US and it showed a direct correlation between um, a sense of purpose and financial performance. So again, we know that not only does it feel better to work in an environment where your work feels like it has meaning, but it has these very direct business outcomes as well. Mm-hmm. Do you have yeah. an example of a purpose, maybe like slogan statement that you've used recently with a client just to help us really make purpose more tangible? Yeah, thanks. I mean, I think it can be anything. So you might think of a legal team at a technology company. Their true north might be um, protecting the integrity of the enterprise. So everything they do has to do with um, integrity, integrity of contracts, integrity of the lobbying they're doing, integrity of the relationships they're forming. Or another example might be, um, you know, a communications and internal communications Um, group within a consulting firm. You know, the consulting firm has its own mission and vision and purpose, but this communications team may feel that their, um, you know, core meaning is around helping employees connect with the company brand. And so everything, every decision that they make or, you know, that's a lens through which they can look at how do we make decisions? How do we prioritize? How do we, um, you know, um, you know, find the things that we really should be doing? Um, and that can relate to this direct purpose. I love that. And you, each example, you had a distinct difference from the what they're doing and, and the why they're doing it, like the purpose piece. If I'm a leader and I'm looking to find my purpose, and perhaps I have always been discussing it as the legal yeah. chief leader, you know, we yeah. review contracts. I've always been discussing what we do, and I haven't put the why yeah. to it. 
How do you yeah. recommend I go about determining that why and, and really channeling that with my team members? Yeah. Well, first of all, you can't manufacture it. So you can't convene a focus group. You can't have a task force. You can't pluck it out of thin air and say, this is going to be our purpose. You have to listen for it. Oftentimes it's already there. What, what are people really jazzed about? What's getting them up in the morning? What's so you can have a team level discussion about, so, you know, what's the most meaningful thing we do when we show up at work? Right. I love, um, are you familiar with Simon Sinek? Uh, and his, of course, right? Everyone. So go back. If you haven't watched it in a while, go back and watch this very short YouTube video. It's 15 minutes. And it's um, his work around the golden circle. Mm-hmm. And he talks about exactly what you just talked about, Chelsea, which is that if we look at... Um, you know, a circle, a, a circle, and the outside ring is the what we do. And that's the products, the services that we sell. And the next internal ring is the kind of how we do it. What are our processes? How do we get the product to market? How do we serve our customers? The center, the very center of the circle and the biggest portion of the circle is the why. Mm-hmm. And um, uh, the the why of why we're doing things. So I I love his work. His work is usually um, uh, looking at organizations at large, but you can use it as a a team level and either uh, use it at the team level and either watch that video with your team and then facilitate a discussion or watch it on your own and do some thinking and then bring in, you know, bring that exercise to your team um, and facilitate them in a conversation. Yep. I think that's great. I love the idea of each team considering their own purpose. And I think it's something we often overlook, right? Especially for a smaller organization as a whole, perhaps Mm -hmm. we're just thinking about the organization's purpose. Super interesting. Um, I I think also, well, I think also there's such a drive now um, to be in a a mission-driven and a purpose-driven organization at large. And that's great. And we can certainly scaffold to that. But sometimes those, that purpose and that meaning and that vision can be a little bit, um, removed from what I'm doing on a day-to-day basis. So what I love about finding a team purpose is that it's very immediate and it's very personal and it's very day-to-day and it charts, you know, how we show up at work every single day. Yeah, definitely. So as leader, we've walked through these first two steps. Yeah. Where do we take it from here? Once we have some trust in our purpose, how do we keep moving Mm -hmm. forward? Yeah. Well, um, the third principle in my six principles of great teams is strengths. And strengths is really a catch-all to look at focusing on the positive. We know that we all have strengths that we bring to the table, and we have some areas where we need to grow. And this, um, this principle is really about emphasizing and recognizing the um, the the core strength that each team member will bring to the table and valuing those differences and the strengths that we bring. So um, when we call out strengths among each other, um, and certainly it carries more weight as a leader, if I'm calling out strengths, it can build team resilience and it builds confidence, not only confidence in myself, but confidence among team members when people are being recognized. Yep. Um, and Bridging off recognition, where does communication come into this? How do we kind of work together as a team, maybe disagree with one another? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, that's the fourth principle is really about voice. So it's about voice is the principle that sort of takes into action the concept of psychological safety, where it's um, 
comfortable for me. I feel like there's um, safety in uh, raising issues and, uh, and speaking up. And then strengths where there's a value in diversity. There's a value in um, having different points of view, different areas of strength, different ways of looking at things. And so voice is really about championing those and being deliberate about, um, about identifying those and, and calling those out. Mm-hmm. And um, I mean, we know that diversity and inclusion are no longer just about equity and fairness. They're really about business performance. Okay. And, um, you know, research from Harvard shows that team members um, who have equal airtime. So if you think about a team and you think about um, the members of your team and whose who's voices you're listening to, those teams where um, there's equal airtime are twice as likely to surface um, insights that are going to move the business forward. And that makes sense, right? If you're only mm-hmm. listening to a couple core people, you're going to get their insights, which may be great. But when we start to open up and as leaders put an intention around um, really seeking out those voices from every corner of our team, then we're really cooking with gas and able to sort of bring those all those together and mesh out what the best solution is. So I want to dive into some of your favorites of the principles, but before we do, can you just give us yeah. a high level of the two we're missing? What are the last two of the six? Yeah. So accountability is five and it's five for a reason because A, it's hard. And so the leaders that I work with, they kind of need to warm up to it. And B, accountability is the piece that really, I mean, it's so essential. You, you, you know, sometimes we think as leaders, oh, I have somebody who's underperforming. And so, well, that's just one person and everybody else is, is doing great. But unfortunately, when we allow uneven performance among our teams and we don't hold people accountable, that underperformer is not only not just not sort of fulfilling their goals and doing their work, but everyone else on the team is affected and they're affected in a couple of reasons, uh, in a couple of ways. Number one, they're affected because, oh my gosh, this person's not pulling their weight and I have to sort of move mountains um, and do a bunch of extra work. Two, I'm spending a lot of time myself avoiding having to work with them because I know they're not going to deliver. And so I'm spending time that I could just be spent doing my regular job on sort of working around this person. And three, if I see somebody who's not being held accountable and I'm being treated, if I'm a top performer um, with the same um, regard as somebody who's a low performer, I'm going to start to think, well, why am I working so hard? It doesn't seem to really matter. Um, and so just one other thing I want to say about accountability, I know we're running short of time, is that um, I love the Blake um, Molten model, which, um, you know, we'll do this visually if we can. If you can imagine a grid and you imagine on the um, vertical axis is a concern for people. So and on the horizontal axis, have you seen this grid on the horizontal axis? It's a concern for task. Mm-hmm. So you can imagine if you're high on the vertical and low on the horizontal, you have a really high regard for people. You just want it to be a happy place to work. You're not really going to hold people accountable because the task isn't that important. It's just so important that people feel good. Mm-hmm. That's not going to be a great place to work. Mm-hmm. Um, and you're not really holding the team accountable. And 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 um you know, similarly, if you sort of just go along the horizontal axis, you kind of don't really care about people and you just are sort of a driver and you just want to get that work done. 
Yep. You, you may get people performing within their narrow scope of, of work and they may be complying with their job, but they're not committed. And so what we look for in accountability is that really high care for people and really high care for task. And when you hold both of those, um, both of those in your sense of how to sort of conduct accountability, it makes all the difference. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, and then, yeah. And then the just quickly, the, six, both. Yeah. the balance of them both. Yeah. And then just quickly, the sixth principle, um, the sixth principle is, is culture. And it's really about forming those, rituals and and being intentional around the fabric that you're creating around team identity so um you know would you define culture as team identity because i always think that's the one thing where if you ask a manager or leader what is culture you get a little stuck up right like i don't know what is that (laughs) yeah Well, well broadly defined culture really is how we get work done right it's how things work here um I use culture as the principle and it of course has a bunch of stuff underneath it. Um, and I think it's most um, purposeful um, result is team identity. And so you, cause you want to create a sense of uh, that we're a tribe, that we're a, a, a unified group and that we celebrate our successes together, um, which is super important and equally important when um, there's been a, a mistake or an error or things aren't going well that we're going to rush in because we have um, just as much at stake in whether our team succeeds as whether we succeed as individuals. Yeah. It's so interesting. That piece feels so cyclical. It goes back to trust so much for me, right? And how we trust one another to celebrate things that don't go, or to celebrate celebrations, but then also to work together when things don't go our way or things don't work perfectly or there's you know, failures, how can we lean on each other as a team? That's awesome. Um, yeah, that's right. I mean, these really are a web, right? We can think of them as six individual principles, but they have tons of overlap and they all self-support each other and build each other up. And it is cyclical in that way. So I love that image. Yeah. yeah. So you mentioned accountability is likely one of the hardest, if I heard that correctly. What is the one that I guess maybe is most forgotten or we just forget to consider it thoughtfully and we move forward with everything else or what do you think Mm -hmm. we want managers to really remember from this? Yeah. I would say the secret sauce and where I feel like I've gotten the most bang for my buck. I mean, they're all important, but recognition and sort of emphasizing people's strengths is just so transformative. Um, yeah, so I would say that's the one. And I have a little um, sort of mnemonic that I use. And because sometimes we think, oh, recognition has to be this big deal. And I have to either write an email or or do it in some sort of big public fancy way. And it, it doesn't need to be. It can be really simple. And so I use um, this. It's kind of stupid. But this little mnemonic um, of the ABCs. So A is ask. You know, you always want to make sure that you're not catching someone when they're sort of are you know, in the middle of something else, it's just respectfully say, hey, do you have a second? And B stands for behavior. We really want to tie our, our recognition around behavior. So, um, you know, name the specific behavior you, you witnessed. And then C stands for connect. You want to connect that behavior directly to the goals that you're, um, that you're working, you know, working towards. Mm-hmm. So, you know, to give you an example, I might say, um, 
You know, Chelsea, I have loved the way that we've prepared this conversation together. Um, I really appreciate, and I'm speaking truthfully, I'm not making this up, Chelsea. Yeah. Like, I really appreciate the, um, the openness and the, um, you know, sort of the partnership that we've created in, you know, in having this conversation. And I think it really demonstrates um, and helps reinforce the values you're bringing forth with Marlowe around creating workplaces where people feel empowered. So this is my favorite thing. No, that was great. <laughs> I was like, just keep going, stop. <laughs> um, no, I'm joking. But I I like that. I also I know you made some caveat jokes about the mnemonic, but I think it's wonderful. Like when managers we're doing so much in a given day, if we have little tools and tips and tricks, it can help us remember to do things in the best way, right? So I, I love the ABCs. I say them a little differently, but B and C are my favorite sticking points, connecting the yeah. behavior to a goal or something. Um, yeah. I think that's wonderful. And it gives us little tools. Like you slowly increase your tool belt. And I do think over time, when you practice recognition enough, you're no longer saying ABC, right? You have it in your head. Right. But if you want to just start recognizing your team members, members better, members better, members better, systematically for a while before it becomes your own behavior. Um, yeah. So I think that's wonderful and super, super useful. And I love recognition. We go back to that because it, it gives us that full communication circle back to the team. It reinforces the things we're trying to build with them. So it's wonderful. Yeah. yeah. Great. Yeah. yeah. So my challenge for people this week is to try to give at least one positive piece of feedback to each of your team members mm. and be sure to articulate, um, you know, how their behavior impacted you personally and, and how it ties to the goals of the team as well, but be authentic. Like we don't want, you know, to blow smoke. We really, you know, think, think before you talk to them about what the impact really is and then just talk in real words. It doesn't have to be corporate speak. I love it. That's awesome. Well, yeah. For everyone listening, um, my team member has been adding links throughout this conversation. So you should be able to catch most of these amazing resources. Um, and hopefully you will all be doing the challenge. I actually encourage you, if you do the challenge, let us know. We would love to hear how it goes. Uh, so Victoria, how can people stay in touch with you in the future and stay connected and maybe talk about these principles in more detail? Oh, thanks so much. Yeah, I'm on LinkedIn. I have a website that I think you're linking to, vlrconsulting.com. I'm here in the Bay Area, but I love uh, geeking out with people about team performance and leadership in general. So reach out anytime. Awesome. And if you want to see us, you can find us on our Facebook page, Facebook slash or go to getmarlow.com. We will definitely be doing more events like this and hopefully be connecting on these principles with Victoria in more ways. So thank you so much for your time today. Loved getting to hear an overview and excited to keep the conversation going. Thanks, everyone. It's been great. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. We're on Stitcher, Spotify, and Apple Podcasts. Head over to levelingup.co to join our newsletter and to find past episodes. 